Welcome to Inner Peace and Power, the podcast for busy humans who are seeking to uncover that sense of inner calm and clarity in our fast-paced and ever-distracted world. I'm your host, Dr. Rashmi Shram, and together we'll hear inspiring stories and we'll explore timeless wisdom with practical tips that give us access to deeper connections, more energy, and that sense of fulfillment. I am so grateful to be on this journey with you. Thank you for being here. Hello, hello, dear friend. Welcome back to this episode of Inner Peace and Power. I am so grateful to be here with you. So today's episode is going to be so much fun because we are going to be talking about a subject that used to freak me out and maybe it still freaks you out. I don't know. But what we're going to talk about today is emotions, emotional health, emotional balance. So we're going to explore the idea of emotions. I mean, we could probably spend eight hours doing so, but stick with me for just the next few minutes while I share with you some of the things I've learned, not just by leaning into myself and looking inward, but also within the realm of ancient wisdom, like Ayurveda, like yoga, and then over the years of noticing applying so many of these things, whether it's as, you know, a, a physician in family practice, or certainly now as a coach or, you know, a retreat host, all of those things have given me access. And of course, group programs with really busy, high achieving women. There's this whole kind of notion about emotions that I just want to touch on today. So if you have ever said, I am not an emotional person, then this is the episode for you because I used to say that all the time. I mean, it's really ironic that I'm talking about emotions today because if you had like caught me five or six years ago and you wanted to have a conversation about emotions, I would have been like, uh, I'm the wrong person. You need to talk to someone else because guess what? I don't have emotions. I don't feel emotions. I don't know the things I used to say. I'm just not an emotional person. When of course that's not true, there's no such thing as a not emotional person. It's a human condition. It's a human experience. But what I have noticed is we really are socialized to believe that feeling emotions, having emotions, being emotional, or expressing emotions of any kind are a sign of weakness, right? Like it's it's powerful to, to not have emotions. That was the kind of like the energy that I was living in for so many years. But here's what was happening under the surface for me. And this is all, of course, retrospectively, is my emotions were basically ruling my world. They were making me, you know, kind of create uh, patterns of decisions, so many other things, right? And so the the thing that I started to recognize was that suppressing my emotions, pretending they didn't you know, they weren't there. It wasn't really making me any stronger. In fact, what it can make me is when I'm suppressing, you know, whether it's like frustration, anger, whatever it, what, what I've noticed is for me, it would make me more irritable. It would make me more resentful, more exhausted really. And like triggered all the time. And so I'm, I'm not saying that this you know, feeling our emotions is an easy thing to do, but I really want to explore it, like I said, because this can be a complex process or just even talking about emotions 
from an intellectual standpoint, whether we're talking about it from like a philosophical standpoint, sociological, psychological, it actually doesn't matter because I think looking at emotions in a simple way can actually help us empower ourselves and tap into our own inner peace and power. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Now, I am aware of and trained in, if you guys are coaches listening, right, um, in that uh, in in that kind of like what's known as like CTFAR, which is also what's used in um, cognitive behavior therapy. And so just as a quick like rundown of what I'm talking about, so that I'm not talking in code is that this idea of our circumstances are creating our thoughts all the time, which I'm sure you can relate to, in that our thoughts are creating our feelings, right? Feelings are emotions, and our feelings or emotions are actually creating our actions and then our actions are creating our results. It makes sense. It makes sense. And I think you'll find that that actually fits in really well with how I'm going to talk about emotions from the yogic standpoint as well, because, you know, feelings, emotions, I mean, we call them feelings because we feel them in the body. And so kind of that classic coaching paradigm of we have to change our thoughts to change our emotions, you know, I think that's a very Western paradigm. It's not wrong. It can certainly be done and it is very, very powerful. But I want you to just think about, could we also shift our thought patterns by shifting our emotions or just honoring or recognizing our emotions? And I think the answer is yes. I found that to be definitely yes. And a lot of Eastern traditions have talked about this for thousands of years, really, especially in Ayurveda. Because in Ayurveda, emotional well-being is one of the absolute pillars of our own well-being. It isn't like we're separate from our emotions. It's not like the mind and the body are separate. You know, they're they're constantly moving together, right? And so in in Ayurveda, we think of emotions as energy in motion, right? Emotions are energy in motion. And they are like a really natural an integral part of our existence. And what I have learned in yoga is we think of emotions as messengers. And there's actually a really cool um, way of also thinking about them. Dr. Richard Schwartz talks about them as trailheads, that our emotions are trailheads, that if we follow it follow the trail down, we'll find our true selves, we'll find our way home. And there's, you know, of course, a lot there that we can explore as well. But really, these messengers, they're just like clues, right? It's just something that we need to pay attention to. So it could be something as simple as, you know, when we're feeling really open, it could be joy that's there. It means, oh, I'm really like aligned with my values. Like right now, I feel like my heart is really open and I'm really aligned with my values because I love being a podcaster, you know, but this this isn't a permanent state for sure, right? These are all things that are passing through us, but what's going to happen probably later in the day is I'm going to be frustrated by something. Because again, it's a natural part of our lives. I might be angry. I might be irritated with something, right? And it could just be that it's a small thing that's out of balance, or it could be maybe there's a boundary that's been crossed. And so I might just say, well, you know, did I communicate a boundary? Did I not communicate a boundary, right? Like it's about sometimes our me, our needs that may not be being met right? So that's really what I want us to kind of just think about. So a lot of times I'll hear people, you know, say, you know, I really don't even know how to feel my own emotions. I have really spent a whole lifetime, like basically not feeling my emotions. And I totally get that. 
So when I'm talking about feeling our emotions, I'm not talking about trauma, right? So we can have separate special, you know, guests come on to talk about that. And I'm not talking about um, grief because grief doesn't have a time span per se. Um, And so really I'm talking about things like getting angry when we get cut off on the side of the road or, 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 you know, really like these emails that might trigger us. Like that's really what I'm talking about. And of course, when we're healing something in the present moment, whether it's, you know, someone cutting us off in traffic or sending us a mean email, we're healing the past. So it isn't like we have to always go back in the past to heal the past. We can heal the past by healing the present. And so there's this saying um, that really talks about what we resist persists. So, you know, just because we don't feel certain emotions, right? And and as human beings, by the way, like we will do almost anything to not feel pain. I mean, we'll go to some great lengths to not feel pain or not feel disappointment. Um, I mean, think about all the Netflix blinges and and so many, like we're really creative in the ways that we try not to feel our own emotions. But the thing is, it's like, if you just choose not to check your mail, which I really don't like checking my mail either. I mean, it just keeps piling and piling and piling and piling and piling and piling on, right? Like it's not going anywhere. And so it's sometimes important for us to turn our attention towards our own emotions. Now, the caveat here is sometimes the emotions themselves are too big, right? They're just too big. And we might be in situations where it's not appropriate for us to feel our emotions. And so just a simple example for that would be like if we're sitting in a meeting and we're feeling really triggered and it's a professional setting, um, it's really not appropriate for us to give ourselves like time to go out and feel our emotions. We That's just not going to happen. That's not what reality is, right? Or, you know, as physicians, if you have to deliver really bad news or someone's really angry at you, it's really not a time at that point for us to like sit down and feel our emotions. I mean, that's just not realistic. And that's not what I'm talking about. And when we are capable of like bypassing our emotions, it is actually a really amazing thing that we're capable of doing. And so we want to celebrate that, but we also want to notice that at some point, unless these emotions are dealt with, they're ruling our lives. And so what I would, what I am suggesting is when it feels safe, when there is a little bit of space for you to feel your emotions, like whatever is coming up, that that's when I want you to think about doing these next three steps that I'm going to really just talk about, right? Especially if they're strong emotions, they will, they will tend to come up like quite a lot. It isn't like, oh, what, what emotion was that? Like, you know, what was it that I was feeling? And by the way, like when I say emotion, I mean, I could be talking about uh, disappointment, um, feeling judged, sadness, anger, Uh, I mean, there's so many emotions, right? And so like from an intellectual standpoint, again, like Brene Brown in her, in her book, Atlas of the Heart talked about 87 emotions. And so that's like a really, that's a really in-depth look. And it's a really fun book if you wanted to go and, and read that. But for our case, we're really just talking about how do we turn toward our emotion And what do we make of our emotions? Do we give them a ton of meaning or do we say, actually, these are messengers and maybe if I turn towards them, that they will just pass through. That's the, that's really the idea within yoga is these emotions are messengers. They're not who you are. They're just here to give you a message. And if you acknowledge them, they will pass through you, right? 
And so let's talk about the three main steps. If you are ready to take three main steps, we're going to go through those today. And so the first step when you're ready to feel any emotion, right, is we first of all, decide that we're going to acknowledge our emotions, right? And so it's it's that first step is that we actually end up not blaming anyone else for our emotions. So let me tell you what I mean. It's actually pretty easy to be like, he makes me so mad, right? Like, or my boss is the worst. He makes me like really, really frustrated every single day. Mm, that's giving our power away to the external source, right? But really, what if we didn't do any blaming or shaming others or shaming ourselves for feeling emotions and we said, okay, let me just explore what it's like to take responsibility for my emotions. So what if we said, I am feeling angry, right? Like let's use anger because I actually love anger. I really do. I think it's a really powerful emotion. And I think if we use it properly, it can actually be a huge catalyst for us. So, you know, for those of us who were uh, socialized or conditioned to think that anger was terrible, I want you to just like think about embracing at least some part of your anger, right? And so, okay, so the first step is taking responsibility, right? And so not turning the other way, not blaming it on someone else, not pretending it doesn't exist, because honey, when it's there, it's definitely there, right? So the first one is let's let's work with anger. Like I said, I am feeling angry, right? So it isn't who I am. I'm not an angry person. I am just feeling angry, right? For example, I'm not feeling angry right now, by the way, I feel real good. But for the sake of this exercise, I am feeling angry, right? So that's the first step. Owning our emotions is that first step. And that's actually the hardest in my opinion, right? So that's step one. Step two See if you can identify it and get as nitty gritty as you can, right? Like, especially if it's a constrictive emotion. So if I were to like maybe get down even nitty grittier with that anger, for example, maybe it actually could be something like resentment. And resentment actually is kind of an envy uh, category. And so maybe I'll say, gosh, I'm, I'm actually feeling resentful right now. Um, and that's making me feel really closed off. So now I'm getting even nitty grittier, right? And so just noticing what it is that we're feeling can make a huge difference. And, and it can help us start to decode some of, maybe some of the messages that are coming through. Because resentment, for example, might really be talking about, gosh, I might need to change something about the way that I'm leading my day-to-day -day life or the way that I'm communicating, something like that, Right. And so that's step two is getting really nitty gritty and identifying the emotion. Number three, and this also feels hard at first if we're not used to feeling and embodying our own bodies, right? And so that is just allowing yourself to turn toward the emotion and to like feel it in our body. And this can feel really hard if you aren't used to feeling your own emotions, right? If you're used to like just bypassing them. So really what this can feel like is a whole host of things. It can feel like a tightness in the belly. It can feel a tightness in the chest. Maybe you feel a heaviness in the shoulders if it's a constrictive emotion. If it's like an expansive emotion like awe or wonder, maybe you feel a kind of an expansion in the heart or the throat when things are going really well, right? And so just 
like literally giving yourself permission to feel what is there. So just feeling it in your body because emotions are feelings, feelings are felt in the body. They, they live in our bodies and we have good neuroscience to support this, right? Um, books like uh, The Body Keeps a Score by Bissell van der Kirk. I mean, those are all um, the and there's and they're filled with um, with study after study and 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 lots and lots of really wisdom type of um, type of education, if you will, an experiential type of thing on how our emotions are basically ruling or running our lives, whether we're recognizing it or not, right? And some of the most um, potent ways to recognize that are um, within like the, you know, advertising marketing department. I mean, they all understand this. They all understand that we're making our decisions, whether it's buying a car or like uh, a pen that we're really relying on or like we're basically basically making those decisions on our emotions rather than, you know, complete logic. Like, of course, I used to think that I was totally logical about everything and I'm, and I'm not, I'm totally not. So, so I want you to think about step one, two, and three, which is number one, take responsibility. Number two, get granular with whatever it is that you're feeling, like identifying it. And then number three, really feeling it in your body, really giving yourself permission to feel it in your body. And if you do these things, you will begin to process these emotions. You will begin to allow these emotions, these messengers to pass through you rather than getting stuck inside of you, right? And, and that's how you call your power back to yourself. That's how you, you become more of that vulnerable, really strong kind of explorer of your own inner psychology, of your own inner, you know, power rather than making emotions mean anything or giving them a ton of power or giving them, you know, the role of like enemy, or I don't want to feel that, like really just giving them some acknowledgement can be some of the most important things that we do. Now, I really want to share this quote or this poem actually by Rumi with you guys. It's so powerful and I am going to find it momentarily. So I want to share this Rumi poem with you. It is really, really powerful. And Rumi, as we know, was um, a Sufi poet. He was a mystic. And this is what he said. This being human is a guest house. Every morning is a new arrival. A joy, a depression, a meanness. Some momentary awareness comes as an unexpected visitor. Welcome and entertain them all. Treat each guest honorably. The dark thought, the shame, the malice. Meet them at the door laughing and invite them in. Be grateful for whoever comes because each has been sent as a guide from beyond. Isn't that so powerful? And so as we wrap up today's episode of just exploring how our own emotional health and well-being is not just important, but also crucial for us to tap into our inner peace and power, I want to remind you that you, you're not on this alone, right? Like you don't have to go through this completely alone or completely by yourself. Reach out to a good friend, 
connect with someone else. If you're looking for a community, please know that I have a membership. It's called The Power Within. It is a beautiful space. It's a very safe space. It's filled up with super vulnerable women who are having deep discussions about emotions, about mind, body, spiritual well-being and growth and evolution, all the things, right? And so as we're wrapping up, I want you to just, I want to encourage you just to reflect on your own relationship with your emotions, right? Are you listening even every now and then? We don't have to listen to them all the time, but are we, you know, are you allowing yourself to feel them? Are you allowing yourself to allow them to pass through you, right? And so just asking that, you know, if that narrative of like, being emotional, does that actually make me weaker? I don't think that's true. So as we are all embracing, you know, emotions, emotional well-being as a way for us to heal, I am wishing you a more balanced, a peaceful, and a very powerful life. And so until next time, dear friend, I will see you soon. Thank you for listening to Inner Peace and Power and for being an invaluable part of our community. If today's episode resonates with you, please subscribe so you won't miss any of the weekly episodes or the bonus meditations. And please share with friends, family, or anyone you think may benefit. Your support means the world and I am so grateful. Before we part, a gentle reminder, while I am a physician, I am not your physician. Everything we discuss on Inner Peace and Power is for informational and educational purposes only. It's never intended to be medical advice. So always consult with your own healthcare provider for any medical concerns. Until next time, remember, you're never alone and it's never too late to tap into that inner power. So keep nurturing that beautiful connection, dear friend, and I will see you soon.